Life is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy reader, healer, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome (laughs) to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. So uh, this week, I mean, there's a lot of astro stuff going on. So I mean, what a better time, what better time to have an astrology, astrologer on. I know. We, I mean, we got to interview Molly McCord and you guys are going to hear that interview and it was really fun. I think you're going to like it. Yeah, she's just the best. If you aren't familiar with her, you'll hear, you'll, you can read in the show notes how to get, get on her YouTube and her podcast. That's what you do, right? You get on it. Yeah, that's what you, yeah. that's how mm-hmm. you say it. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. What last week we pulled some cards, and I I actually texted you midweek, and I was like, "Are you feeling this?" And you were like, "No, I feel good." <laughs> well, I, like, I felt mm. good and super energized, but oh, also yeah. kind of headachey, kind of like oh, like just like Over. things felt sped up. Ah, Do you feel like that? overstimulated? This- no, I mean, it wasn't like overstimulated, but it was definitely stimulated. Okay. You know? Yeah. And well, I for de- me, maybe I was processing it like, I don't know. To me, it felt heavy. I felt tired. I felt kind of, I don't know, maybe depressed. Mm. It was like a depression energy. For this like, week. Yeah. Interesting. And um, that what? I just said interesting. Yeah. And then I realized I really was picking up on the energy of the world because oh, there is so much yeah. stuff, you know, just so much climate change. Australia is burning. Yeah. You know, stuff is going on politically here. And it's just been a lot. Um, I mean, and my daughter was like afraid of she's like, we have to move to Canada. Oh. Which, you know, is not a bad idea. Right. I know. I sometimes say that. Yeah. I mean, it seems just Who perfect doesn't? over there. <laughs> Who doesn't want to have that health care system and a cute prime minister? I is know. All those nice people and like lots of artists and comedians. <laughs> <laughs> why does why don't we all move there but anyway I felt a lot of it so I really and actually we're going to talk about this it's funny you're like should we mention having good spiritual hygiene I was like we'll get to it and now I'm like getting <laughs> to it right, right away yeah <laughs> but it really is important yeah like to be super self-care in self-care mode because there's just so much going on yeah astrologically as well but for you you were just feeling kind of amped up and then the full moon I mean last night was crazy yeah so when we're recording this it's the actually we're recording this on the day of the full moon lunar eclipse so when you hear this it'll be a couple days later but um yeah I just felt like the shift like I've been aware of this big shift because this when you guys hear our interview with Molly McCord the Eclipse is setting in motion a big, big change that is going to continue to, you know, affect us over the course of the next year. And I think that I was just like, okay, here we go. Like it's that mm-hmm. that feeling of things are moving and it is kind of exhilarating and just mm, maybe uh, my reaction to that. it is like, mm-hmm, here yeah, we no, go. I can tune mm-hmm. into that too. Like I kind of think I might have been drinking a little more coffee to kind of shift that into out of like 
feeling stuck and into being like, okay, what now what can I do? Just yeah. kind of distracting myself from it in a way, but it's been kind of fun. In a way. <laughs> well, that's good. As long as you're enjoying yourself. I did. No, I think we talked about this maybe last week about, or maybe that was just you and I were talking about this, but um, about our daily practices and how oh, I yeah. was saying, was that on the podcast? No, we that, talked it about it after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how like, I realized like, sometimes it's like a chore to do my meditation and exercise. And like, sometimes I just want to, and this sounds ridiculous, but like clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like I just want to go clean the bathroom first thing. I don't want to meditate, but so I, and you were like, oh yeah, I do that like once a week or something. Yeah. Maybe like once a week, I'll just not do any spiritual stuff. I'll just like watch oh, yeah. TV and you oh, know. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a revelation <laughs> but you know actually doing a my getting more into my astrology chart and learning more about it I'm learning that my huge like um I don't even know what it, I just have like a voracious need to learn more and more and it oh, all makes yeah. sense on my it's all like in the education segment coupled with spirituality oh. of my chart so that's that makes sense why I'm always like now I'm taking this class and this yeah. class. I'm learning more about this and that. So I don't, I don't let myself do that. But then I was letting myself and not do my like routine. And I really, it was, I picked a really bad week to do that. I was uh, like, oh, I have to go back to uh, really being pretty. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes, yeah, yeah sometimes I'm like. I can I try to tune in because sometimes I'm like doing no like today guess what no meditation today not yeah. ex not exercising <laughs> but then what? other times <laughs> I'm like I'm like you know that if I take a sea cell bath if I do some kind of exercise like I just can feel that that's gonna help me I kind of just tune in to see but I remember mm -hmm. one time Ted and I like it was the weekend and I had been doing a lot of um, I don't know like maybe I'd done workshops and been leading meditations and then I was doing my own meditations and yoga and I just was so overwhelmed with spiritual stuff and I remember telling Ted like let's go to the mall like it just seemed like the mall would be the place to escape from spirituality that is so funny let's go to Auntie Anne's and eat right. a pretzel exactly. anything other than I don't want there to be a new age bookstore there we don't need to go in anywhere that sells incense <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. Yeah, but all that said, I have to be doing that pretty stringently. Yeah. Although I do have to say, and I don't know why I'm always surprised, but whenever I'm in a funk and then I have a reading, I always feel better after. Like when I give a reading. Oh, yeah. Because I also get a healing after, but for some reason, it's not like a full healing you know, it's just a little mini one when I separate my energy from other people's. Um, but I, it's always enough where I'm like, oh, I feel good now. Yeah. Cause so you just like, I just need to. I think that's such a good sign that you're really tapping in and you're channeling rather than like if you felt depleted, then it would be a different thing. You know, I think it's oh, neat yeah. that you're letting that, you know, you're in that divine flow if you feel energized afterwards rather than depleted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do a reading from that place I meant when I say I have to do that more I mean do it more for myself when yeah I, yeah um anyway so you're I guess we went over the week yeah uh, <laughs> we I didn't mean, really did we talk, talk about, about our cards? cards no we oh didn't. yeah we, it was I mention yeah go ahead oh yeah so we so Natasha drew the seven of cups from the modern witch tarot and I drew 
web weaver reversed, which was about um, being really clear on your intentions, looking at your thoughts and feelings and where you're coming from. And then yeah. seven of cups was about getting, choosing how you, what you want to manifest, right? Like being yeah. clear on your yeah. intentions. Yeah, I did. Actually, I talked about this a lot on Instagram this week, but I did write a lot, which was also extremely healing. Creativity right yeah. now is so important. I wonder, is it true that there's a lot more creative, like works of art during times of war? Am I just oh, making that up? Um, I think that might be true. I feel like there maybe there's like a certain, I don't know. Actually, I don't know the answer to that, but I do feel like there's a definitely a certain it has an effect on art whatever's going on in the world yeah well that's for sure yeah Yeah, so anyway I do think like it's just so healing so I've been encouraging people because I feel so much better after I do too on days when I write like I just yeah I feel so much better so much more balanced yeah yeah relieved is a kind of a way to describe it mm-hmm. um okay well now um like we said we interviewed molly mccord and we're so excited for you to hear about the astrological energies of what's going on now but also just we talked to her about astrology in general so here it is Okay, so we are so excited to have astrologer Molly McCord on today. Yay! Yay. Welcome, Molly. (laughs) Thank Um, you so much. I'm going to read your bio, Molly, and then we'll get to it. So Molly McCord, MA, is a best-selling author of 10 books with over 50,000 downloads, intuitive astrologer, business strategist, radio show host, and modern consciousness teacher. She's a practicing intuitive astrologer who is connected with thousands of clients in over 30 countries, and she hosts a popular intuitive astrology podcast twice a week. And Molly's also doing some work um, developing authors, healers, artists, and entrepreneurs to develop their business path, which is really exciting, and we may get to that later. But for now, let's talk to you about astrology, Molly. I love it. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. So, Tess, did you want to start? I know you. Yeah. So, um, Molly, we are both really big fans of your podcast. And we were talking about, I was telling Natasha that I'm just so in awe of how I sense that you have this integrated vision of what's going on cosmically. It's like, when I look at astrological aspects, I'm like, okay, Mercury's retrograde or, you know, sun's in Capricorn, but it's that way that ability you have to look at the big picture and then receive intuitive information based on what you're seeing it's like this integrated holistic way of looking at astrology and it's so inspiring and so what I'm wondering is how did you develop that and if Natasha and I or our listeners wanted to learn how to do that also what would you recommend is it even possible it's a big yes. well, this is exciting. I do think it's possible. It does require the basics of astrology, like understanding the basics of the energies and what you're working with. So I would advise anyone to study astrology, especially their own chart, um, to know more about who you are energetically. And then um, to see if you're really wanting and ready to open up to more of the intuitive 
mm-hmm. messages because we're all intuitive. You know, we all have psychic gifts. They come in different forms and different ways and also at different times in our lives. Um, the intuitive astrology started for me back around 2010, 2011. I had my first session with a woman who was an intuitive astrologer, and I had never heard of that before. And so I had some sessions with her, and she guided me through a big karmic situation I was in. It was a professional environment, and I was moving through a lot of density and tough stuff, and she helped tune in to what I needed to know and to what the messages were to help me grow and eventually move away from it. Mm -hmm. But that was my first introduction about 10 years ago. And as I started practicing astrology, I realized that as I got out of my head and just trusted what I felt or what I saw, Mm. it just became clear. It's like it opened up. And so it really helped with the development of my third eye, of um, the claircognizance, clairvoyance, all Mm. those capabilities opened up through astrology. So it's sort of like this cool little dance started where when I did it, I got more information that was validated by clients because Mm. A lot of times, you know, as an astrologer, you're sharing information and it can show up in many different ways for somebody. You know, mm. if somebody has um, sun in Taurus or sun in Leo or, you know, a very big transit happening right now. It can happen in many ways. The energy shows up in many different mm. ways. But when I trusted the intuition around it, that tended to be more spot on, which was, of course, validating that, OK, I'm on to something, but yeah. also more uh, beneficial to the person receiving the information. So now, you know, what I offer um, that's that's in my chart is is to do more of the the cosmic global stuff um, Mm -hmm. to help more people. And that keeps me excited. It keeps me interested. I don't know what's going to come through. But like anything um, that we learn, especially through our spiritual growth, it's certainly that muscle that we have to build. You know, we have to work it out. We have to keep flexing it, keep working it so that it gets stronger. And that's what I realized is that as we do that, as we trust ourselves, trust our messages, um, it's really amazing uh, how the messages come through. And it's very clear. So it's been that. quite a ride. It's been yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that is like um, what Natasha and I were talking about too, is it, it is like, it does remind me of tarot or feng shui. I, I practice, uh, I studied feng shui and I practiced it professionally for a while, but like, I love that about metaphysical disciplines, including astrology, that you learn the structure of something. And then from that structure, it like acts as a window into your intuition. It's like a dance of masculine and feminine energy, the structure, and then the, you know, intuitive hits. Absolutely. And in fact, when I look at an astrology chart, it can easily be a mandala. It could be a portal. It could be a window of energy. Like it has a lot of layers to it, not just the aspects and the planets and the houses and all that, which is really important. So that's why people do need to have the basics and the fundamentals down. But from there, you can really open up to more information. So yes, it is quite wonderful to to see where it can go, you know, and to see how astrology flowers, you know, it has all yeah. these layers that bloom. That blue. Oh, so cool. It's interesting it. because I, I'm an energy reader and healer for a living and I, yeah. it's just a direct channel for me, but I always, I don't know if it's something to do with my astrology that I get very, um, when I see something visual, I get stopped up like with tarot. I'm not, I don't really 
it's really hard for me to do an intuitive tarot reading. Like I have to stop everything and just like, okay, I'm just going to listen to my intuition. It's like almost too much input. So sure. I think like, um, I get tripped up being intuitive with astrology, but I think you're right. I mean, you're definitely right that first you have to learn the basics. Like maybe once yeah. it's like more rhythm because astrology is like a language. So, Oh, it absolutely. Yeah. So you have to learn them. It's like what they often say, like first you have to learn the rules before you can throw them out. I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like with art. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so maybe it's like first you have to really learn the language, be fluent in it, and then you can kind of let go and be like, oh, what is this saying on another level? Yeah, and that's how feng shui was too, that it's like there's all these rules, and then once you learn it and get the hang of it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a rule, but not in your case. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's so interesting. So now when you're doing the intuitive astrology, um, like on your podcast, you're doing it your messages are for like um, just a global audience. Is that how you're interpreting it? Yeah. What I do is I look at the transits of that week of what we're moving through at that time Mm -hmm. and then go into where the energy feels strongest or where there's a dominant theme or where there's multiple themes and just see what's coming out. So it's basically what the transiting energies are bringing up um, every week. And then uh, on my Monday show, I do more of like a healing topic or something um, that's maybe more a special topic or specific. But the weekly show is about kind of what is happening in the cosmos right now. And people say that it's like the weather, you know, this is the Mm -hmm. weather Mm -hmm. of the energy right now. So that's a good way to to look at it. Yeah. And, And how it shifts and how it changes. And of course, it's general information, so it'll resonate strongly for some people more than others, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool how universal it is. And I feel like that's a great validation of astrology, of how we're all feeling things, even if it's at a different intensity or with a different, um, on a different spectrum, but we're all kind of feeling these same energetic weather, weather systems in some Mm -hmm. area of us. Totally. That's why I told you, Molly, an email, what got me so excited about astrology and you it's actually I found you after I had been doing the energy report on this podcast for a long time and I I started listening and I was like the energy report which for what I do is I basically take the trend of the clients I've seen that week and talk about what that what I've noticed is happening for most people and it lined up with the astrology Love it. Isn't that so cool? uh, I I love that validation. Oh, it's so cool. I I love it. Yeah. Um, so I think that we would, I'm sure you're tired of talking about this, but I feel like we'd be remiss not to talk about with the big astrology going on right now. Is there anything you could, because you know, with the um, lunar eclipse and Saturn, Pluto conjunct, is there anything like, I don't know, broad strokes you feel are important to share about it because this podcast does come out on monday so we're recording this on the day of the eclipse and so this will be like the week after the eclipse that people are listening to this Mm -hmm. well the astrology right now in january 2020 is quite rare powerful Mm -hmm. and phenomenal so you'll hear many people talking about it and what i'm seeing and feeling is that this is a time for each of us 
to feel strong enough to step into something that we're ready to own next. There's very mm -hmm. strong Capricorn energies. Um, there's layers of energies here in Capricorn with Pluto, Saturn, the Sun, and Mercury all huddled together as a little <laughs> team in Capricorn. And it's basically focusing our energy on what we want to command next. Capricorn is the CEO. It's the authority. It's the manager of your life. I see it as the mastery of your energy. And so we're all being asked at a deeper soul level to step into something that we're here to take charge of in our life and in our world. And all of it's meant to benefit our soul growth. And this can be scary and that's okay. And this can be something that, you've been working through and you've understood how some things in your life have had to end permanently. Um, that's the energy of Pluto. Pluto in Capricorn is showing us where we are ready to step into a new sense of power, uh, where we have given our power away, uh, where we are ready to be in full command of ourselves. And it's important to note that this energy between Saturn and Pluto, this exact conjunction um, is very rare, and that it ha it last time it happened was 37 years ago, oh. but that was but that was in Libra, and it hasn't mm -hmm. been in Capricorn for about like this exact lineup for about 500 years. Wow! So it's a yeah. it's a very this kind of a lineup right now is really significant, mm -hmm. and it's changing the world. Um, 2020 is a world changing year, especially as we move into this decade where we have additional astrological transits that are going to continue to change the world. And I, I talk about this stuff on my YouTube channel, so I don't want to go too yeah, much yeah, into it yeah, here. Yeah. But I just want people to know that, you know, we're strong enough for this. We're ready for this. We, at a soul level, chose to be here to contribute, to be of higher consciousness, to make new choices, to start a new path. Mm -hmm. uh, big endings are a part of this as well. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of the broad strokes, I yeah, guess, yeah. is that it's a really big time are and you, people are feeling it in, in many ways. Are you finding that if, if people have been doing their soul growth work last year, that it may not be as jolting? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps yes, this yes. year it may be more of a bringing in than a letting go or? Yeah, I like that point. That's a great point because this is where when we are all on our true path and in alignment with what we really want, who we really are, um, all of the parts of us that are here to be expressed and shared authentically, then things do happen and unfold. And it's almost like the universe, God's source spirit will redirect you if you're not on that path. So those who have been doing the work, who have been aware of changes, who have been ready um, to take those risks, to take that leap of faith, then yes, you're going to feel like there, it's a little bit smoother ride than maybe some of the bigger turbulence that could come for those who are being guided onto their path abruptly. It could feel abrupt. Right, right. I was hoping that because for, <laughs> for me last year was a lot of leaving. I did a lot. I mean, it's just like part of my life to do work on myself, but there was a lot of leaving, a lot of stuff falling oh, away, big changes, yeah. but it was good. It was all soul growth that I needed to have happen. But when I started reading about the 2020 astrology, I was like, how again, more? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I've like maybe so you were much. tuning into it before it happened. I feel mm -hmm. like I could see that of us this past year, kind of like 
sensing maybe the especially intuitive people kind of sensing what's coming up and getting in alignment with it before it arrives. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. Maybe. I, so. I don't know. I just had that flash. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a nice thought. Um, okay. So now going back to, um, just general astrology, because I know if you want to know more about what's happening in the moment to moment, definitely go to Molly's YouTube and her podcast. Yeah. You're going to love it. All of it in so much detail and it's awesome. But I just felt like we had to acknowledge what was happening before us. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And today yeah. I have to, I just, on an astro geek note, Molly, I just have to share that today is my son's birthday and oh, yeah. his moon is in cancer. So it's like oh. a lot. It's just like. Yeah. Cause he was born right around a full moon. Yes. On and a now full he's moon. having, yeah. And now he's having a lunar eclipse. Yes. So it's a big year for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's only 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, Tess, did you have, I know you wanted to ask about planets, like their personalities or. Oh yeah. That is a really interesting thing to me, Molly, the way that you talk about the planets, like when you, sometimes you would talk about Venus and say, she's doing this and she's here. And so when she's here, she's like this. And I just love how you make them. They ha- it's like they have personalities for you that come to life. And I just was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about how you see that. Yes, I feel like that's a fun way to understand the energy is to kind of paint them as characters or their mm. and, and as they change signs, they change clothes. And so, um, for example, um, right now we have Venus in Aquarius. And she is edgy, forward-thinking, her own individual self. Um, she has a spark and a sense of uh, what she wants to do in the world. Uh, she can be rebellious, a bit eccentric. She tends to be ahead of the curve, uh, this Venus in Aquarius energy, um, kind of a trendsetter, if you will. Oh, and then and when Venus... I'm sorry ahead. to interrupt, but this brings up a point I wanted to ask. Like, for instance, my Venus is in Aquarius, too. And okay. so I wanted to yeah. know if when your sign like does that mean I'll be feeling that extra if when it matches up like that yes so that means you're having a Venus return which happens every 18 months every year and a half and so a Venus return is going to then amplify in you these Venus qualities about self-love how you feel confident how you feel good about yourself and then further activate the Aquarius energies of what makes you feel connected to people, the community, the, mm-hmm. the ways that you share your energy in the world, um, where you feel like you're being uh, fortified with something Aquarian, such as astrology. Mm-hmm. Astrology is an Aquarius mm-hmm. energy. And I'm an so, Aquarius sun too. Okay. So this is great for all of your um, Aquarius energies. And Venus brings in women. Uh, brings in connections to people, brings in feeling valued, mm-hmm. um, feeling loved, feeling seen, and receiving. So when Venus is in Aquarius uh, making a return in your chart, you could be receiving more, you know, just like a little gift or something nice or some right. support. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's how that works. So that Venus return can also affect your appearance. Uh, how you feel about yourself, uh, if you want to do a makeover, if you want to change up something with your style, because that, again, it's it's how we feel good about ourselves. And in Aquarius, how we present ourselves out into the world. So Mm -hmm. a Venus return is actually a really lovely thing to be aware of. 
So, yeah. um, and how long does yeah. it last in there? Well, she she stays in a sign about six six weeks. It can be shorter um, or longer depending on if there's a retrograde involved or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Venus is now going to be entering Pisces okay. on January 14th, and this mm-hmm. is where she changes clothes. And she changes into something more cozy and soft. <laughs> Venus in Pisces is very compassionate, receptive, intuitive, emotional. She wants her alone time. Um, she doesn't want to be involved with others. She kind of says, like, let me just have some time to myself <laughs> so I can be in this place. Um, and she's going. To, she's actually only going to be in Pisces for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then she enters Aries. February 7th. Mm-hmm. So Venus is moving pretty fast. And I, oh, actually, you know, I do want to correct myself. When she goes retrograde, she stays in a sign for six weeks or so or longer. Oh, okay. But okay. when she just travels, she's usually three or four weeks. So okay. I want to correct that. Yeah. So, so she changes clothes. Personality goes, you just t- tune into it and get a feel for, you know, if they're she or he or. Oh, yeah, the yeah. personalities of the planets. Yeah, 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 because um, they can be different energies and different signs. Um, like mm. when Venus when Venus goes into Aries, well, Aries can be quite masculine and assertive and strong, and it's like a different type of feminine energy. Um, in a chart, Venus and the moon are connected with feminine energies, and Mars and the sun are connected with masculine energies. Now, there's many, many combinations that this energy shows up. So your feminine planets of the moon and Venus could be in strong masculine energies, and your sun and Mars could be in strong feminine energies. So there's many combinations here of how the energy would express itself. Mm. And also, these are the energies of relationships and um, how, how you interact with other people. Mm. It's just so inspiring when you talk about it to think about all of our unique personalities, like how, I mean, just thinking about humans alone, how we're all so, there's so many of us, but we're all unique. And then to think of like where you are in the world and where you're born and you're, that's the only person who's born in that exact spot at that exact time. And then all of those magical energies that go in swirl in to make a person it's like when you, when I listen to you, I don't know, I just start to see this sort of holographic picture of the way the planets affect us. And it's really inspiring to me. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All the different <laughs> layers of it. And then you bring in the soul's energy and how that makes every person different because there is the perspective that, well, in a one location on the planet at the same day and same time, a few babies can be born at the Mm -hmm. same time, but they have a different soul energy Mm -hmm. or a different um, intention for this lifetime. So then you bring in more of the spiritual components as well. And it becomes quite fascinating. It's it's a very cool thing to, to witness certainly. Um, Okay. So I wanted to ask before you go, I want to make sure I get to these two questions. Although you may just say Molly also has a lot of educational um, programs that like astrology 101 is that what you call it the yeah introductory astrology course yeah and that's where I talk more about these planets as as who you are you know the understanding mm-hmm. your Mars your Venus your Saturn your Chiron all that mm-hmm. and um, so what I was wondering or maybe you may just say oh this is too much for this but 
when I, I, so I signed up for that class and it came and I haven't gone through it yet, but um, when you look at, you send out a form that says the most, um, what, how do you put it? Like the most, not important, but the planets or the signs that are most, most dominant. Is that how you yep. would say? Um, so I was surprised by that because I only have one sign in air or one planet in Aries. It's Mar my Mars is in Aries, but you said that was one of the more, um, on that thing, it said it was one of the more dominant ones. So I, I'm just wondering how, if, is there a short <laughs> way to explain to us how you determine what signs are going to be ruling more dominant? Yeah, well, I guess there's not really a short way because it's really specific to each person and it depends on a number of factors. It not only depends on, um, it, it depends on your ruling planets. Um, like, for example, Natasha, your um, Mars in Aries is in the first house. And so that makes it very much the initiator, the go-getter, the starter. Um, it would depend on your other ruling planets. It would depend on how that Mars is aspected with other energies in your chart. Um, it depends, too, on the house placement. Like the first house is an angular house. That's a robust initiating house. So mm. there's a number of things that go into I determining see. where your energy is strongest. And that's that. That's the report. Like that's when I sit down with your chart and go through and say, okay, this is what's strong for you. So pay attention to this energy. I see. So because a lot of people who are not even just novices, but like a little bit more knowledgeable about astrology would assume that your moon, your rising and your sun are like the more, the ones that really determine a lot, but that's maybe not always necessarily the case. No, that is true. It, it, oh, it those is. are the three most important. But oh, then from okay. there, there's more layers. So then we go deeper mm -hmm. into, then you also need to look at this and understand this. And, you know, astrology becomes this rabbit hole. And it's yeah. funny because it does take time, you know, and it does take, okay, what does all this mean to put it together? But then it clicks and it's really fascinating yeah. to see what is dominant for you um, and what is important. So that's why I do that custom report so that people understand more of the layers of their energy and they can focus in on specific parts of themselves to understand better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I was confused because Aries isn't one of my rising moon or, but it is just a, it's a, it's a language that you have to just learn and it takes a while. Yep. Yep. It um, certainly does. So I guess for me, maybe Tess has another question, but for me, the big question I would ask you is how do you have any recommendations for how would you use astrology for growth and expansion in our lives um maybe that's a big question but <laughs> do you have well i think it's the most interesting question because yeah. that's what people want to know and it mm -hmm. starts with understanding your natal astrology chart mm -hmm. and that's not a simple thing right so that's where if you feel drawn to astrology and you want to know more about who you are your natal astrology chart is a snapshot in time of your energy when you came into physical form on the planet and it reveals to you more about your lessons, your challenges, your healing, your gifts, how you're here to shine, how you're here to be you in the world. And as people start to understand their natal chart, things click and they look back on their life and be like, oh my gosh, that's why that was so painful for me. Or that's why I really enjoy something in my life. Um, it, it's, it's like you get to know yourself through astrology. 
Mm-hmm. And what I find is that it, it's self-verifying. It's mm-hmm. self, meaning you verify it for yourself. No one else can tell you. Like you can have a, a conversation with somebody else, but you verify what's accurate for you. And that alone is really empowering as well. Mm-hmm. And is there a way to look at, like, say, what's going on? Maybe you just have to know your own chart very well, but like what's going on right now, say, you know, with Saturn and Pluto, um, and apply it to your chart today to help, help go through these big changes. Yeah. And those are called astrological transits. And that's where you basically see how the planets of today are interacting with your natal chart. And that's how you see where you're having big life changes, significant energies, um, what's happening for you. Typically, the like, for example, the transits are what I talk about in my weekly podcast, because that's the energy of right now. And then if you know your natal chart, you understand how those transits are working with you now. And you could say, okay, well, this strong Saturn in Capricorn energy is in my fifth house and so my fifth house is about my creativity my self-expression my kids etc and then you'd know where that energy is showing up in your life and how would you see where saturn is in your chart would you just look at your chart today or from your natal chart or how would you see like today's it depends how proficient you are at looking at your own chart um i typically recommend astro.com website mm-hmm. where you put in your birth details and then it will uh sh- you can look up your transits and it will explain what the transits are that's oh. an excellent website oh. um there's it'll other websites today's transits yeah yeah oh. and it'll explain <laughs> yesterday yesterday and tomorrow so it's a great i've been using that website since like the mid 90s it's so good yeah good info that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so then it'll tell you, like, what's happening in your chart yeah. where it's showing up. Oh, cool. Okay. That's and great. it speaks, it, it explains it in, in English. You know, you don't have to know <laughs> the astrology. You can kind of reverse engineer it where you read what's happening and then you can see what planets are involved. Mm. So it's a good way to understand astrology, even if you don't fully speak the language. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's and there's other apps out there. There's other websites, but astro.com is what I've used for years. So that's what that's I tend to great. reference. Yeah. All right. Well, Tess, did you have anything? Yeah, maybe just one more question. And yeah. that is this. So this uh, eclipse, this lunar eclipse that is taking place on the day that we're recording, which at the time of this podcast will be a, a few days ago. Um it's a really a big deal. And I yeah. know Natasha said certain people with that you had said, Molly, that certain people with, uh, in, within a certain degree of something. Like that this will be a life changing. So like a lot of people right now that this is going to be really life changing. So what I'm wondering for me and Natasha and also for our listeners is how would you recommend that we integrate over this next week or two after all of these, like, this big life-changing eclipse so it's occurring at 20 degrees of cancer and then there's many planets between 20 to 22 degrees of capricorn and what's it's igniting two areas of our lives and it's requiring very big change now this type of eclipse when it has such a big energy it unfolds over months so it happens one day and then it unfolds over the months to come And it's probably going to be something that we revisit throughout the year. 
And so that sets it up as a world-changing year with the Capricorn areas of our lives, which include business, government, politics, institutions, uh, leaders, authority figures, you know, big business, and how these are all areas that are undergoing a very big change. And then that 20 degrees of cancer point is our emotions, is how we feel about it, how we process change, needing to retreat from the world, needing to trust our feelings, to honor our feelings, uh, where we go to feel safe. So we're, we're moving back and forth between our inner world and the outer world, how the world at large affects us. Um, it can maybe shake up our sense of safety, uh, what we want to do on a daily basis and, and where our energy is drawn to. It's very important to have good self-care throughout this year. And it's understanding that um, this 20-degree point of cancer and Capricorn are kind of the biggest energies that, like, like you said, Natasha, they were in effect last year as well. Mm-hmm. So there's something that's moving us all forward. And if you know your chart, you would look at where 20 degrees of cancer is and 20 degrees of Capricorn. At the house. And um, the yeah. house placement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the house is the environment of life. It's the area of life. And that's where um, the energies will be showing up for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy because my son was t- born at 20 degrees of cancer. <laughs> oh, this is huge. So there's yeah. something life-changing, life-shifting about this year. And oh because it's the moon in cancer, that is you, Natasha, as the mother, which means oh. that um, something that maybe you're doing or, 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 or your relationship with him this year um, mm. can put him into better alignment with who he is. So know that it's not like a negative thing. It just, it means change and he's going to feel it. He's mm. he's really feeling it. And yeah. depending on the house, the house in his chart. Yeah. I can't remember which it is yet, but he's Aries rising. So I think it okay. all lines up with, but anyway, yeah. And I think he's 22 degrees Capricorn. It's a big year for this kid. Yeah, no pressure on me. <laughs> but how lucky he's so lucky to have a Aww. mom who knows his chart. Yeah, thank right, you. Like right there is a really big thing. Like if people really knew their kids' charts, like I, I look at my son's chart all the time, mm-hmm. and I follow it and I tailor it to what he needs and who mm-hmm. he is. That's really nice. That's so nurturing. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you, Molly, so much. As so much. Said, we're so grateful, thank and you. we will put on our show notes where we can find you. But do you just want to tell everyone to like? Um. Yeah. And I don't know how much you want to talk about the business part that you do, but I do think people will be interested if you just want to say a little bit about it. Yeah. So you can find me at consciouscoolchic.com, which has um, been my website since 2011, and we're actually redoing it right now. Awesome. Um, and then I have online, which is where I have my astrology classes, as well as business development classes for online entrepreneurs, healers, lightworkers, energy workers, anyone who's doing all this stuff on their own. Uh, online is where I offer you a bunch of videos and advice and support. And I will have some new business offerings coming out here um, later in January that will also help you with, with your business development for the year ahead. So I just, I just love helping people get going with their soul mission and their soul work because um, it creates this amazing ripple effect. Yes, so. and you do such a great job. Oh, so, thank you. I'm thank so you so much. Um, thank you really for having me.
All right. We'll we'll be we'll be watching you on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, thanks again. It was great to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Natasha. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We hope you liked it. We love Molly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, I guess we should talk about goddess provisions. Yeah. Let's talk about goddess provisions. So this is a subscription service and it is, um, something that they send you five to six full size self care items. They could include crystals, um, facial care. Yeah. Uh, spell books altar cloths yeah all, any number of things that we love and yeah, this we is love a monthly subscription box it's everything is vegan and cruelty free and they plant a tree for every box they sell so we just love them in every way you can check them out if you want to support our podcast then go to magicmondaypodcast.com and click on the goddess provisions banner on the bottom right yes right now that's the best way that you can support us oh and also reviewing us on i on apple Podcasts is so helpful yeah really appreciate it thank you so much to everyone who's already um written a review or even just done five stars we yeah. appreciate it so appreciate it um and so another way that you can support our podcast soon will be patreon we're really excited we're getting a patreon together we're just brainstorming the best ways to um give everyone content that they want and right <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna yeah. get that going for sure yeah um okay so should we answer question? Yeah. Okay, we're just going to do one question because we had the interview with the wonderful Molly, but um we have some other questions we know so we'll get to those next week. Um okay, so last week we had talked about our relationship. Someone had asked about how we um maintain our relationships and then someone had responded to say to piggyback on this question I would like to know how to be in a balanced relationship with a partner that is not into magic spirituality or is not at all intuitive I think you gals have hinted at this before but I wonder if you look for a partner who shares this aspect of your being or if you make it work with someone who doesn't so Tess Well, okay. So I have, some of you may have seen the video that I have, Ted and I made about this called when your partner doesn't get your spiritual path. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long road. He has, he's um, an atheist and really scientifically minded. Yeah. He's, um, he actually is a metal dog in the Chinese calendar, which he doesn't really say that he subscribes to. And that's mm-hmm. the same as Carl Sagan. So they have a kind of oh, a similar vibe. That's funny. I just got um, Brett for Christmas. I got him a shirt that says Hail Sagan. Oh, cute. For the picture of Sagan. Yeah. I feel like a lot of men, masculine people who are really inspired in almost a spiritual way by space and Mm -hmm. science Mm -hmm. are their own kind of it's sort of like a masculine version of nature-based spirituality i I mean ted would never say that but that is i do get that sense (laughs) that he's when he talks to me about space it seems very spiritual to me Mm, interesting yeah so he doesn't believe like he believes when we die we're just gonna go to the earth uh, yeah he d- yes for sure and mm-hmm. um and, and how do you feel about that 
about his belief. Mm-hmm. Oh, fine. I yeah. mean, he. I feel like he feels really inspired by it anyway. Like that huh. he's like, oh, we're going to become part of nature. And it's like okay. his own way of, you know, feeling inspired by eternity. And, and, you know, he says that he doesn't believe in astrology, but then he says things that make me think that he secretly does. Hmm. Like <laughs> Do you what? Have that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, he'll sometimes mention like, oh yeah, Scor-. like he, he even wrote a song one time about Scorpios. Oh my God. You're kidding me. No. That's about- a real giveaway. Well, <laughs> but I don't want to like, you know, be like, you do too believe in astrology, but yeah, because he wouldn't like it, but he does like, it does seem like he thinks it's interesting when I say like, oh, Scorpios do this. And that's because you're a metal dog. And oh. he, he is, I think it's really hard to deny that he has a lot of dog like qualities. So he, are you a dog? You're not a dog, are you? No, I'm a rooster, I think. Oh, okay. Because you're born in january of that mm-hmm. same year but mm-hmm. anyway like i can pick up on it and it, it's been a while but um like it it wasn't always super harmonious between us it used to kind of weird him out but i think he also oh, it liked did. it yeah i think mm-hmm. he liked it at the same time that it weirded him out i think that um there's that can happen with relationships sometimes that you the same thing that freaks you out about something <laughs> is something that attracts yeah. you to them like why yeah. are you so different than i am you know yeah that, it doesn't – it can actually bring a lot of richness, just like a, um yeah. ecosystem that has diversity to have uh, two different perspectives. You know, it yeah. ain't easy. It's a natural <laughs> fact. I don't think it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not something. We come together because of us. And you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't bother you. It sounds like it bother. It might. I wonder if it m- might bother this person. Well, it, um, used, it has. I mean, oh, okay. it hasn't always been harmonious. I don't. This is like last week. Like, I don't yeah. have a set answer for like, oh, this is what you need to do. It's just yeah. like it may or may not. If you just keep on being who you are and, and your partner keeps being who they are, it may or may not, you know, be ultimately harmonious but i think like i have learned to not be threatened by his opposing view and i'll let uh, i'll listen to it and respect it i think that's kind of over time that's what we've both done with each other is we've learned to be like oh that's what you think and i love you and i think that's neat that that's what you think but i don't think that Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know mm -hmm. what about you is it um yeah so when we met brett was an atheist but I, what happened, and he is a former Mormon, former, mom, yeah, former Mormon. Um, <laughs> I tried to abbreviate that. It never works. Um, so he had like kind of, I don't want to speak too much for him, but he had a, it was hard for him. Like religion is very triggering for him. Yeah. Tied to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was kind of traumatic that part of, and I think that's how he kind of came to atheism. Um, but then the thing is <laughs> when he started dating me, I mean, I was actually, so this was now 16 years ago. I was just starting to do this work that I do now of energy healing, you know, of like looking at people's energy and reading it and da da da. And it was, um, that my teacher at the time, um, was so accurate like he couldn't deny what was happening you know like she would say things I told him about things and then in the since then you know there's just been so much that's that I have seen that not and I don't tell the future 
at all. But this is just like reading the energy basically of the moment that's happened. Uh, I mean that he's like, this is exactly what's happening. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So, but he can't deny it. And, um, I don't know. He always says that I'm very scientific about, I think that's what he says. Maybe not. He just says one thing he likes about me is that I'm like really open to, um, like I, yeah, he does say I approach metaphysical things scientifically. Like, mm. oh, is this true? Is this not true? I'm not like, this is the, I'm not dogmatic right. about it. Yeah. So I think that helps yeah. our relationship or it helps him not feel like I'm not, I don't, I don't care if he believes or not. <laughs> like yeah. he can do whatever. He can believe whatever he wants as long as he isn't being judgmental or negative towards my beliefs then I feel right. similarly like you feel like he can believe whatever he wants and yeah um and to, and sometimes he does struggle not struggle that's like, he doesn't always believe astrology or he's like why does this work what does this mean and a lot of times especially if it's something I don't know I'll be like I don't know <laughs> yeah but and so I don't know if I believe it or not believe it or yet you know, but there's certain things like I do talk to dead people, you know, and, right. and, um, we have had like certain confirmations he has. And so it's opened him up. I would say he would say he's agnostic now instead mm -hmm. of atheist. I think Ted would say either. Like he oh, goes yeah. back and forth. He doesn't want to commit to one or the other. Yeah. Well, atheist is pretty committed. I mean, it's as, as committed as a religion, if you're a religious person, you know, it's like very, atheism is like, there definitely isn't a God. Yeah. I think, I think Ted doesn't want to have like one, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He likes the freedom of saying, I don't know, but also I don't think there's a God. <laughs> I see. I get it. He wants both. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually Brett's pretty much always been agnostic like he, well, no, I think we, he, anyway, the point is, I guess this could apply to any question about it. Is it just like, they don't have to be um, spiritual or metaphysical or whatever, as long as they're respectful. Yeah, totally. A partner. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I did think of while you were talking was there was a time, I mean, I was probably like 24, 25 and I had a recording of Eckhart Tolle, and I played it for Ted. And I remember thinking, oh, he's not going to like this. And then he loved it. Like, oh. he loved Eckhart Tolle. And now to this day, and it's been now so many years since yeah. then, he listens to Eckhart Tolle like many, many nights before he goes to sleep. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So that has been <laughs> like, if it weren't for that, I think that has really helped because I feel oh. like that's been a bridge because, you know, Eckhart Tolle will mention all different religions so right. mention a course in miracles or christianity or you know all number mm -hmm. of things and so that i think that helps ted interpret to what i'm talking about that we kind of share that yeah that one person right <laughs> yeah that's nice <laughs> yeah. i do think and it's it isn't about like converting them or anything but I will say, like, when our dog was murdered, which was a terrible oh. situation, Charlie, don't you know about that? Oh, so awful. This oh, was now three so years sorry. ago. Oh, yeah. It was so awful. But he got out and... um And there was this... I mean, I don't know. There was this guy living... The father of somebody that we don't like anyway that, like, keeps hound dogs chained up is so awful oh. anyway he i guess charlie was running through and he just shot him. 
Oh, it was so awful. That anyway, so sorry to bring it down. I'm and so he sorry. was a pit bull, so I mean, there's so much prejudice against pit bulls, yeah. and I think this man just got afraid. But, but Charlie, like, if he had spent one second, like Charlie was the sweetest. Aww. I mean, he's the dog that Ron, my cat, yeah. beat up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. Yeah. Anyway, I thought you knew that story. Actually, I haven't. We still haven't told the kids because we found him in a pond, which is. So we first we thought he drowned, but then we saw. Anyway, our friend pulled him out of the water. Ugh. But um, the reason devastating. I bring this, yeah. Um, part of what I was just saying about there's there's been so much confirmation is at the time. I mean, I was too devastated to locate him, and I had asked a friend who does this work, and she's like, he's near a pond. She kept mentioning mm. a pond and like described where he was, and. You know, it's just stuff like that that happens a lot where Brett yeah. just kind of can't argue with it. I mean, he yeah, could, yeah. I guess, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that too. Like when I started practicing feng shui and then I would point things out at our friend's house or shift things in our house. And then just like over time, Ted being around that, he's started to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. But again, your partner doesn't have to be like you as long as they're respectful. Yeah. Um, okay, so should we do our housekeeping? Mm, or what do maybe we Maybe energy report? Oh, do we, like, I completely do forgot after? about that. Oh, yes. Just real quick, maybe. <laughs> yes, okay, it's time for the energy report. Okay, so this is where I give, um, the, what I see as being a trend of the clients who come to me each week for energy readings and healings. Um, so essentially, you know, it's, well, it's interesting because it's Capricorn season. So I have been seeing a lot of this related to work again, like people really wanting, to clear out blocks that are preventing them from being successful at work and creating um, their ideal work environment yeah. or work, you know, career. Um, that said, it really all comes back to self-love and what we believe we deserve, what we believe we can have, what we believe we can create. And um, there is so much... Um, Mishigas going on, I would say. <laughs> oh, you don't know Mishigas? I don't know that word. It's it means crazy in Yiddish. Oh. It's like just a lot of non nonsense, a lot of like ooh, oh. energy going on, like you know, astrologically, and in which is creating a world environment that we discussed before. So, um, my energy report advice is to really just buckle down as much as you can, just basic level loving yourself so and also actually the moon being oh is the moon not going to be in cancer by the time they listen to this no yeah it won't be even with the lunar eclipse well that's fine i'm still getting a real like um re-mothering re-fathering you know re-parenting yourself vibe going on here so for specific advice i'll just say that one thing I noticed, for instance, this week is being aware of how are you talking to yourself. And as much as you can be aware of that and then stopping any negative self-talk as soon as you can. And it may be kind of more subtle. You know, it may even just be like a 
feeling like a, and then you don't know why you feel that way. So then coming to yourself and saying like, what would I want to hear? Like, what would the words that I would most want to hear? What are those? Yeah. And then really just like, again, getting to the basics of just like, you're, you're, you know, not trying to convince yourself out of it. Like, so first, of course, always doing mindful self-compassion, which would be, you know, this is hard acknowledging, you know, you feel bad, whatever, whatever the feeling is. Um, and then like, I'm here for you. You deserve more. You deserve the world, you know, validating, validating, whatever that would look like for you. And I always say that hand on the heart is just like, I will say, the biggest thing I learned in 2019 mm. <laughs> is putting my hand on my heart. It changes everything for mm. me. And also, or other forms of self-touch, because we've talked about this before, I'm not actually, my one of my love languages is not touch. If anything, it's the opposite. I don't need any kind of, but for myself, it really does activate love. Yeah. Um, and that I believe that really is true for most people. It releases oxytocin, the love hormone. So um, putting your hand on your heart or even just like petting your arm or something and just even just witnessing with love. You don't even have to say anything. Just being like there witnessing, loving yourself. Yeah. So that's really the lesson of the week, even though it has been related to work things underneath that it, it's been about oh, what do I deserve? And a feeling of maybe um, just wanting to release any undeserving feelings, any yeah. undeserving patterns that have been coming up. And I love it. Love. And maybe even, I'm really into lighting candles these days, so like finding a pink candle, lighting it every morning with that intention. Oh, and one last thing I'll say is one thing I advised a client um, – that I've been doing a lot is just like first thing in the morning, we may have talked about this, just acknowledging your inner child, just saying uh, like, yeah. hi, I, <laughs> how are you? I'm here. Like, like a mom would, you know, waking up her kid in the morning. That's a good reminder. You know, that makes me think I've been thinking lately because you know how you and I have both been like, wow, we've been evolving so much in 2018 <laughs> and loving ourselves so much more. I was like, I think it, I think a big part of it is the podcast. Like that, you know, every week you remind me of stuff like this and like we tune into each other and to the energy and just, I think it's very therapeutic. Yes, I think so too. I agree with you too, because it's like, yeah, just, it's fun. Yeah. Hearing about like rituals to do. And it's just really like, um, not just affirming, but really it's like the repetition of like self-care, self-love is important, you know, repeating yeah. it and hearing it back. Yeah. I yeah. Teaching is something that like the fact that we're teaching this stuff is helping us learn it. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. we aren't just because we're teaching it doesn't mean we're like not masters. still learning it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you can you even masters of of meditation or whatever still learning mm-hmm. um okay so that was the energy report everyone be nice to yourselves and actually not to <laughs> this sounds really pluggy but the the latest gods for visions box is self-care box and there's like a rose quartz and an opal uh, a pink opal for Ooh, that made me think pink of this opal. yeah for self-love and so like if you have any um crystals rose quartz i love rodenite um 
and car- just carry them around to remember, you know, and to feel the love. Okay. Okay. So now it's time for practical magic. So very, very similar. I'm tuning into what you're tuning into. I was looking at the calendar at my witch's calendar as I usually do when I'm planning practical magic. Mm. And I just, and I usually almost always also use my pendulum to tune mm-hmm. in to what will be best for everyone this week. And I got rest. Mm-hmm. I didn't get spells or rituals. <laughs> you may want, I mean, maybe you personally feel like, oh, I want to do a, a ritual to attract a romance or, you know, support my career. And that's totally fine. I'm not saying you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm tuning into really deeply resting and relaxing whenever you can this week and even next week. I think it's related not only to uh, integrating after this really big energy shift with the eclipse last week, but also that we only have a couple of weeks now until Lunar New Year. So then another big cycle of Mm -hmm. energy. It's the year of the rat. Well, also this Plato, Saturn, Pluto um, conjunction is so major. It makes uh, complete sense that you would get the idea of, you know, get the information to rest because we have to rest to integrate all of this information. Yes. yes. And so I did tune into like rest and self-care. And then also um, like if you want to work with crystals or uh, do some aromatherapy, take a sea salt bath, those all fall under the category of rest and self-care. I like, I I will always accept a rest um order yeah into my I mean, life <laughs> it is like we can keep in mind just like i was saying we were talking about it seems like the energies are speeding up or that we are both we both have been really busy lately mm-hmm. so you may still feel like like that capricorn season um drive to succeed and do and create and definitely honor that i'm not saying that you should not honor that i'm just saying whenever you can whenever it makes sense Mm -hmm. then and maybe you have like some free time and you're like what do i want to do just maybe lean toward resting yeah Yeah. i mean rest is extremely important to integration Mm -hmm. of whatever you're learning yeah, and it can you can couple it with the stuff that Natasha's talking about too, with self love and putting your hand on your heart mm-hmm. and listening to what you need and shifting your beliefs about what you deserve. I mean, that can all be a part of the rest, but that seems like it's going to be really important for all of our magical work and our spiritual paths. Yeah, I agree. Well, that sounds great. All right, so now we should do housekeeping. Yeah, now it's Okay, time. great. Um, okay, so you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. Yep. Isn't there one where it's Magic Monday Pod? That no? is our Facebook. Oh, that's our Facebook. Okay, mm-hmm. and then there's also Magic Monday Podcast listeners, which um, you just asked to be a part of, and... Um, people are talking on there and also I often will ask for questions or other things on there and put on things um and I say Instagram Magic Monday podcast and you can sign up for our um newsletter at Magic Monday at, at on, on our website and or ask us a question on there right is that yeah. all of it yeah and hopefully we should have a Patreon by February with lots of goodies. Yeah. 
Um, and you can, can we? find oh, oh where you can find me is highsighthealing.com. <laughs> That's my website. And again, just a quick little rundown I do of what I do in my readings. I um, the first part I just look at whatever it is you want me to look at. And then the healing is I um, clear out chakras, update contracts, clear out cords. If past lives come up, heal, helping to heal with those. Um, and I should say we heal together. I assist, but the person's doing the healing. But I'm, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's, you can uh, schedule a session with me on there or sign up for my newsletter. Where yep. You do get a guided chakra meditation, which actually, again, sorry for the pluggies, but that would be a really good thing to do this week for self-care is do a chakra healing. Molly actually talks about that on her um, YouTube. She was talking about, she actually led through a little chakra clear out real quick oh. on hers too, because she was saying the more clear you can be, just again, the more the better you'll be navigating all of these changes. Moving with the changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So where can we find you? You can find me at TessWhitehurst.com. You can find a lot of articles and spells and rituals and inspiration on that website as well. And you can find me on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author. And what... What about oh. the Good Vibe Tribe? Don't oh, forget yeah. that. You can also find the Good Vibe Tribe. Thank you for reminding me on mm-hmm. TessWhitehurst.com, which is um, an online spiritual magical community and learning hub. We have workshops and we meet every Tuesday for a ritual and a chat. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Really fun. Pretty great. Uh, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And then you can find me on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Instagram at Tess4444, on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you bought the um, the unicorn book, why not review it? Because it's really great. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it was a pretty fun book to write. I think yeah, you might like it. It's so much more than unicorns. I'll just say that. All right, so we will now pick a card for the week. Okay. I'm going to pick from Sacred Rebels Guidebook by Alana Fairchild. And I'm choosing a card from my very own Magic of Flowers Oracle. Great. Okay. Oh, my gosh. This is interesting. I thought I picked this last week, but I actually picked this for myself earlier in the week. So this is funny. Ah, it's called Be the Hunter, Not the Hunted. Ooh. And it's a picture of an owl. Ah. Um, so I will read a little bit of this. It's, these are always a little longer, so I'm just going to do a little synopsis. But, um, it says, do you feel you are at the beck and call of circumstances, situations, and relationships that are outside of your control? If you, is your attention being called away from what you love, from your passionate focus upon your own journey and creative self-expression? Are you feeling roped into becoming a support tonic savior and heal all for others? There's a big difference between healthy supportiveness in a relationship, which includes healthy self-support, and ignoring your own journey out of, a mis- out of misplaced guilt, shame, unworthiness, or the belief that the needs of others are more important than your own. Oh. This is not compromise. That is unhealthy and neglectful of yourself. You are being asked to see through the assumptions, expectations, tantrums, or manipulations that may be put upon you by yourself or others. This is real Pluto uh, conjunction stuff. Ah. 
see through them to the truth. You can only sidestep, change your response to or choose to release that which you recognize. Um, let's see. I'll just say this oracle offers you some important, brings you some important news. You are capable of seeing the truth, outsmarting old patterns and responding more creatively to craft new and improved relationships. Um, let's see. Mother, and this is the last part. Mother nature offers you the wisdom medicine of the owl, the ability to hear what is not spoken and see what is hidden in darkness. Trust what you feel beyond appearances. The power and magic of the owl is working with you and mother nature is by your side, assisting you in navigating the current life transition into a new way of being. I mean, this is basically all the astrology. It's just like, okay. I love that. I love the image of the owl too. I want to get yeah. that deck. I think yeah. I can order it right away. Yes. But yeah, I just love that. Thinking of the owl seems like what a strong image to remember for setting boundaries and like yes. being true to yourself and not and feeling like you deserve and not feeling guilty for being like the whole person you are you know just I love that yeah and following through and creating what you want to create what you came here to be we didn't come here to be at other people's like unconscious whims I mean yeah. I do believe we're here to serve other people and and the world but you know, not to, we're not here to be enablers. And we want to serve other people in the world from a place of being nourished and from yes. it feeling nourishing to us to do that. And when we don't do that, like if we're doing it kind of feeling that depletion instead of that, we're feeling like obligated or guilty. It's not nourishing. I mean, we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't no. want someone that we love to be offering no. help to us out of like guilt or obligations and feeling drained no. so just remember that like remember to nourish yourself and then if you feel like nourishing others legitimately you know authentically that's different but if you're feeling yeah. like and I think that your card goes along with that rest thing and the self-love thing mm -hmm. you know instead totally. of if if you have if you're making the decision between supporting someone else in a way that doesn't feel authentic to you and resting mm -hmm. choose the rest yeah yeah I always think of this I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast I'll say it really quickly but I a friend of mine was talking about how she was saying that she likes it when people say no to her she's like I celebrate your no Oh, I think you have mentioned this. Yeah, I love that. I do too. I think about it all the time, at least <laughs> once a week. Like, I celebrate your no. That's the kind of people you want in your life who are like, oh, no, I don't want you to do something you don't want to do. I don't want to be, have you here under obligation or, you know. Yeah. And I like, like, when, if I'm feeling like staying in, and someone invites me to do something, I like to say, oh, you know what? I'm just not feeling very social right now. Or I really feel like I need to rest and curl up with a book because it's not, that's not saying because I don't like you. Yeah. It's, and then like the person knows you and I want to yeah. have friends who respect that. Like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel like that sometimes too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Who aren't going to be all butthurt about it. Yeah. Or if they are, they can examine it and look at it and not make it your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So what did you pick? I picked 
the jasmine card, which is sensual pleasure. So oh. it's this woman um, inhaling jasmine. And I've really been enjoying that scent lately. I've been drawn oh. to it. Really? I put it, yeah, yesterday at the grocery store at the at Natural Grocers, I put some jasmine, like natural jasmine perfume on, and it's in my deodorant. And I've just been like I love really thinking about it. Yeah. And um, if you think of the scent of jasmine, it does just immediately remind you of the wisdom of this card, which is to get into your body and be. it, it brings you into the present moment when you mm. do that. It helps align the spirit with the body and the emotions. And it goes right along with the rest that I'm talking yeah. about too, especially with along with things like aromatherapy, working with crystals, taking the sea salt bath, all of those things are really grounding and integrating at the same time as they're relaxing and rejuvenating. And it can also be along with self-love. Exactly. Getting yeah. into your body. Yeah. Maybe you want to have sex. Yeah. I don't know. Do it. Definitely. Don't deny that. <laughs> but that is definitely included. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, in any moment, we can tune in to our sensual experience and it helps bring us into the present moment, even mm-hmm. if it's just your weight on the chair yeah. or the way the light is shining through. You know, any way that you can engage your senses and acknowledge the way you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, that's going to help you rest rejuvenate get in touch with yourself that's one thing i love about the hand and the heart that gets me right into my body me too in a loving way yeah i I always like the hand on the belly too that's just uh, something that really helps me drop in and also because i think it's because i'm a virgo and that's the belly uh, is the virgo part of the body uh, so that just remembering to send love there and anchor in there feels good to me too i think ankles are the aquarium (laughs) oh yeah i think you're right Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel the need to touch my ankles, though. Well, anyway, have you tried it? Uh, <laughs> maybe I should <laughs> just see. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll be a big revelation. I'll report next week. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks. Have a great week. And this is where she changes clothes. And she changes into something more cozy and soft. 